Good morning. The following podcast comes to you through Podbean.com. In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. Here we go. Good morning, everyone. This is author, indie author Sylvia Stein here with another podcast through you through potbean.com in the artist realm. And we have our one on one interview, <clears throat> excuse me, today with a great author. We had her before, and now uh, before it was just a Sylvia Stein author channel. Now I'm happy to bring her back and for her to talk to us a little bit today. And I'm so grateful that she's here. Her name is Sandy, Sandy Wright Crabtree. And she's a great author, and she's written books. Um, her first book was Never Poor, then Beatrice, and she's here to talk to us about her newest book. So uh, please welcome indie author Sandy Wright Crabtree. Without further ado, welcome, Sandy. Thank you. Nice to be here. How are you doing today? How's how, how have you been so far? Uh, so far, so good. It's a pretty day where I am. I live uh, in beautiful thoroughbred horse country in outside my window is just amazing that's that's awesome I'm happy to hear um so Sandy for those of us that didn't uh the listeners that are tuning in that may not know about you can you tell us about yourself I, I can um I'm a baby boomer which I'm really proud of and uh all the people that were born in 1946 every year of our life we've done something big we've been the most the largest number to do something and this year we're the largest number of people turning 70 oh. and my big day is coming up November 19th and I'm really excited about the uh, upcoming party which is going to be big and um, you know I, I'm really proud of it because I remember when my parents and grandparents and others around me were turning 70 yes uh, they had just kind of stopped living um, and all of us that are turning 70, um, as we've done every year of our life, we're setting new standards and pushing the limits. And uh, I'm proud to be part of that. Um, that. That's great. That sounds wonderful. You know, that, that's, that's just something to really look forward to. That's amazing. And you, and by the way, you don't look anywhere close to 70. So, you oh, know, thank you very much. tell me what's in the water. So that way I can take some. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just attitude, having a positive attitude is everything. Yes, it is. Amen. I agree with that. Now, um, can you talk to us about your latest book uh, that you're working on? I know you've done Never Poor, which is a great, great book. And it's um, Beatrice is the second book. So are you now working on your third? Because you, I think you said it was part of a trilogy. Am I correct on that? That is correct, yeah. Uh, at the moment, I'm really pushing Beatrice. In fact, I've been out on the road marketing that this past month. In my third book, uh, originally, I was saying it was going to be titled Georgia, which was Beatrice's mother. Okay. But I'm, I have a different title now that I'm playing with. I'm thinking about calling that book Here Comes Heartache. Um, just for a little bit of background, and never before, mm -hmm. uh, Two 
women, Georgia and Sue, are first cousins and best friends, and they're small children in the beginning of the book. And just a couple of chapters over, they're grown women with children. So there's a lot missing there. Yes. And especially for Georgia, who ends up with um, a not-so-good husband, and the question that goes unanswered is how did this good girl from a great family end up with a horrible man like that? And hopefully, Here Comes Heartache will kind of um, answer some of those questions. Um, yes. And I did plan on this being a trilogy from the beginning, but because I was uh, told by several publishers and agents and people that I met that uh, it's real hard to just be like a one-hit wonder, have one book, and mm -hmm. then, you know, kind of yes. push it. They said try to do at least three as quick as you can um, because you have end up with better sales and, and you get readers um, you know, hope they, they read one, they want to read another one as soon as possible. Mm. Um, I'm toying with the idea of doing a fourth book uh, because when I was sitting selling my books recently, I got an idea for something else, and I haven't decided whether I'm going to do a fourth book or whether I'm just going to mm -hmm. include that idea. Yes. And here comes heartache. So I don't know which way that's going to go yet. Well, that's exciting, though. I bet just trying to plan those out, I bet. At least for me, I, I know when I write a book, it's always exciting to the the not knowing and and and, and you're kind of trying to figure it out i don't know if that's the case with you when you're planning it these is, books yeah it is and, and i i love the process um i like telling stories and and i like um you know creating all these characters and i tell people i know they people that aren't writers think i'm insane and i guess probably am to some degree but but i just I can't wait to see how it's going to turn out, and I'm the one writing it, you know, so it seems funny, but um, but it seems like at some point the characters yes. kind of take over in the story. Yes, they do. Yes, they um, do. Andrea, uh, you know, used to say the same thing, you know, um, and other authors have mentioned that before, so yes, I, I, I do agree with you that, uh, that uh, characters do take over, so it, it, it is something that happens, and, and that's exciting. But where do you draw, or where the, where does your inspiration come from? Well, it kind of comes from everywhere, but in particular, for this series, uh, I was sitting in a Starbucks uh, a few years ago, and I had spent years and years of my life working on a book about Vietnam. And I was sitting there yes. doing some planning and thinking and research, and I couldn't help but overhear a conversation that was near me. Um, Two people were having a discussion about prayer and God and just, and it was real obvious yes. that they had no background at all of um, any kind of faith or anything, and which was interesting to me because I guess I thought in America everybody had some kind of background in church life of some sort mm -hmm. uh, or it, anyway, it just dawned on me that there's probably lots and lots of people that have no idea what a Christian family looks like, how how you go about praying, yes, um, what or how just ordinary people live out their beliefs, and that sparked the series. I thought I want to show ordinary people, your everyday person, just how they live out their beliefs. 
yes. in a non-preachy way, uh, just some everyday language for everyday people. And I made the setting on purpose, very dual. I set it back in the early 1900s. Yes. Part of that is because I have a love for history. And um, I just was doing a lot of research on that period anyway. And it just seemed like a natural fit to put those two together. That, and I yes. also um, keep some kind of journal with me all the time. Yes. Uh, and every time I get any kind of thought or essence of an inspiration or anything, just maybe sometimes I, I hear a word or a phrase or something, and I, it might not be a story idea, and I think, oh, I'm going to use that sometime. Whatever it is, I write it in a journal. My, my journals are a hodgepodge of all kinds of things. And for whatever reason, and I haven't figured out why, uh, other than I spend a lot of time in my car, but um, when I'm driving, I get the most inspiration. So riding with me is quite a, a trip. A trip. Because I'm constantly pulling off the side of the road in the emergency lane, grabbing my journal and writing down something. And uh, the few people who okay. this in my passengers have decided that I'm quite insane after a while, but... <laughs> um, but I, I, I wish I would get inspiration when I was sitting at home and, and near my computer, but it doesn't seem to work that way. No, it works more when you're on the road, like 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 really out and getting a breeze and that 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 nice drive gives you all that inspiration, correct? And I t and I ride on purpose on a lot of back roads because I'm always looking for interesting places or characters, people I can meet. I'm sell my books to, and uh, because I'm wandering around back roads and often getting lost, it seems it just all this stuff keeps coming at me. So yes, that, that's where most of my inspiration is. That is that is great. No, and and that's the truth. When people get inspired, it happens in different. You know, it can happen even sometimes at night or in a dream. Uh, there's a lot of uh, authors that have said, "I dreamt all this. I wrote it down." and you know, for people out there that are, you know, getting inspired, there it comes from everywhere. And I know you're very good at traveling back. And I know I didn't ask you, you know, that last time about your travels. And, you know, how do you feel like when you, you're traveling? Like, how does that make you feel? Because I know you love to be on the road or you, you really uh, love, you know, going out and meeting other people. And, and I know Christianity is a big part of your the faith which is mine too, but your books are, are very faith-based, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, I like the journey. I'm liking the actual driving part less and less. Um, okay. Uh, it just it gets tiring after a yeah, while. Yeah. Um, it just depends on how it's going. Most of the time, it's very successful because I call it a success if I get to meet somebody and talk to them about something. Yes, of course. everybody, everywhere has stories. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a book in them. Uh, I give lots of advice uh, along the way because um, everybody, you know, wants to know how, how do you do this. And, yes. Uh, so, uh, but it's um, because I'm nearing 70, it, it's getting a little harder to um, stay on the road as long as I used to. No, oh, no, I get, I understand. Well, I sold uh, real estate in a prior career. I was a real estate broker for over 30 years, and my life was on the road. I was constantly uh, searching out property, searching out new buyers and sellers, trying
showing properties, um, doing all kinds of research for transferees mm-hmm. uh, coming in from all over the, the world. And so uh, besides just looking for houses, I was out hunting uh, whatever they needed, you know, all the, the normal things like where's the best uh, doctors and schools and, you know, the social things. But yes. But every client would have some kind of quirky something that somebody else did. So I was always out talking to people, hunting things. So this is kind of second nature for me to be doing that, I think, uh, and I enjoy it. The nice part now is I can stop anytime I want to. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get really tired, I can just go home or I can go get a hotel or go visit a friend or do something and um stop for a while and uh, rest for a few days and then usually I'm back out at it again um, that helps that, that's the nice thing about being a little older and retired yes I have to remind myself as I, I'm kind of a driven person I'm, I'm a very much a workaholic but I have to remind myself that the only person pushing you is me yes well you're very pleasant you know every time I've uh, talked to you and this is why I bring you on you know, whenever I, I have an opportunity on a blog or, or or now my podcast, which I started in January, one of the first people I thought about was you because you're very, you have this positive energy all the time. And it's, uh, and I apologize for the background noise. I am in an area where, um, in my in-laws house where they, we, you do hear dogs in the background. So that is part of, of real day life, guys, folks, <laughs> real life radio or when we're doing the recording. So I apologize for all that noise down there, if you can hear it. If you don't, well, you know, no worries. But just in case everybody's wondering, is that dog sound? Yes, it is. We have some uh, little cute little dogs. You don't need big dogs. But but what um what I was getting at is that you're very inspirational. You help out. You know, you're very you're very good. Um, a, a positive energy. You're a great author, and and I love that your books are faith based and the way you describe your characters and the storyline that you're going into which I think is great but um, this for this reason I asked what advice you know because I know that I try to offer advice is one of the reasons I created the podcast and you know when I do my my writing tips on different posts that I do now what what advice would you give other writers if you could if you have any type of advice Absolutely, and, and like I said, I get asked this question a lot when I'm on the road. Um, my biggest thing is when I started, when I was just a wannabe writer and hadn't really gotten into it, someone told me in the very beginning that saying that you had writer's block was a cop-out, which sounds kind of crude or whatever, but but they made the point to me really clear. houses today, would you say, I'm sorry, I can't do that today, I had broken block, or if you called a plumber and needed repairs, and they said, I can't come out today, I got plumber block, you know, well, those sound pretty stupid, you know, so our business is writing, so we don't say we have writer block, we, we just keep writing, if you get stumped on your story or mm-hmm. whatever you're going, and that certainly happens, um, some things that I do is... Sometimes I stop writing for a little bit. I pick up something to read. Yes. Um, usually somebody writes a lot better than me, uh, so I can kind of 
you know, his sense of, you know, how they are developing the plot or... Or their writing style. Yeah. Yeah, just whatever, uh, you know, and, and I'll read something else. Um, sometimes I read uh, in the genre and type everything that I'm doing, uh, but sometimes I read totally opposite. I read something way outside anything that I would typically do. Um, I think you can learn from everything. And then another thing that I do, and I do this a lot, is I just write something else. Um, yes. I write a journal entry. I write a blog. I write. Uh, I work on another story. Like I'm working on a short story series right now. So if I'm stumped on one thing, I just go write on something else and just you know. And I do a lot of free writing. And yes. I just grab anything uh, and just start writing, and then usually that turns into something. And yes. another suggestion is if you're writing on the book, and I tend to write from the beginning yes. to the end, but if you really are having problems with it, uh, you can jump and try to write the ending or write another portion of it and then go back. And um, um, I did that a little bit with my first book, maybe four. Yes. Uh, but um, I had a little bit of problem later on fitting it all together, so I'm not sure I like that for me, but, but it did keep me writing. Yes. So, um, and another thing is if um, not writing something else and you're not reading something else is you can take uh, a little bit of time and think about your marketing. How are you going to market this book? You know, who's going to want to Who's your who's your audience, right? Uh, yeah, who's your audience and everything. And just think about it, and then think about you know what do those uh, people do and where are they and that best sort of thing. And a lot of people think, well, I'm not going to be the one marketing. I'm just writing, and somebody else can do that. Uh, in today's world, that's really not true. Even no. if you're with a with publisher or anything else, they still expect the writer to do a certain amount of their own marketing. Yes, um, or yeah. or be able to produce a certain amount of books if you're doing it traditionally. I've heard of that too. Well, yeah, if you're big, once you get big and you, you know, if you're not yeah. out of a big number of books, you know, mm -hmm. things change. And then another thing too is, um, you know, if that's really not your area, and we can't all be gifted in everything, yes. Uh, something that you need to look into paying a service for and then but by researching marketing it may be looking into what others have to offer um, and if you're not a marketer that that's a tough one too because a lot of people can sound really good but when you get through what they're really saying uh, they may be saying they're gonna post your book or a Yes. some blurb about it on some website or they might say they're going to put it on a thousand websites but if nobody knows to go to those websites that doesn't mean much you know so there's a lot more you need to learn as much as like you do can. your homework and be and do be so diligent you know yes yeah, yeah. so you don't want questions to ask yes um, and I know um, one of the things I ran into early on is uh, a lot of well, I looked into a lot of other marketing because I know what's involved, but I also, like everybody else, I just wanted to write. I didn't do that part. But 
but um, I ended up I'm doing it because I know what I'm doing and um, I don't want to pay the money for it. Um, but I, I had a lot of other people that I've talked to. They kept saying you're going to be in like you know some astronomical number. I'm just going to pick one, say like four thousand bookstores. Yeah. What really they were saying is I was going to be listed in a catalog that these bookstores. Would have the opportunity to order from. Yes. Now that doesn't mean they're going to have any reason to pick my books, an unknown writer who hasn't written a whole lot, you know. And so that's just you know crapshoot, you know, whether that would ever happen. I might get lucky, might get picked. Yes. I do a really big time. So, so what they were offering wasn't as big as it sounded and, and that's that's what we get into a lot with marketing for some marketers they, they yes. know how to make everything sound good so that it does take a little bit of homework and research on that yes um, but anyway that that's my big, big no thing. no and that's great advice it's very important i've written a few posts about giving advice on editing find a good editor i've said you know the advice for writers um you know, make sure you do your marketing research. Um, make sure, you know, the, the writing tips you gave right now about, you know, when you get writer's block or you feel like you're getting writer's block. All of these things you mentioned are very important, especially for new writers who have don't even know where to begin because that's how we all are in the beginning. We just need yeah. something. And, and I had mentors who helped me, so it's always good. You know, uh, I like the, the paying it forward type of attitude you have because that's the way I believe we can get stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and along those lines, uh, in the early days, I joined some writer groups mm -hmm. uh, that we had once a month, and we all wrote very different kind of styles and things, and we would, uh, you know, critique each other's work, and uh, we would bring in speakers about various topics like this. Uh, and that was very helpful. I was with that group probably a little under 10 years. Um, that I knew I wanted to do this, I, but I, I was like everybody else. I didn't know quite how to start. Yes. Um, I mean, I'd always kind of like journaled and wrote stuff, but it wasn't. I knew what I had. There was something there, but it's like a long ways from being what it should be. Yes. And I kept thinking, I want to learn how to do this. So I just kept seeking out, you know, opportunities like that. And joining a writer's group, that wasn't yes. know, a big cost to do that. It was just like an annual due or something of, which I don't remember what it was, but it, I don't know, maybe less than $100 a year or something. Um, and then I also, uh, as I could afford it, I started time too mm -hmm. I started going to as many writer conventions as I could yes and I got some amazing, yes. amazing um, information from some of those and the mm -hmm. contacts that I made uh, got to talk one on one with publishers and agents and editors and big name people yes yes I've been trying to get on that and I have actually one next year in Michigan which will work out nice and hopefully the year after I want to do the one that they do every year in New York because they do have a lot of literary agents and it's just a conference to kind of get to know one-on-one -on -one. and it, yes sometimes they are a little pricey but it's good to get all that in I think Las Vegas and all these other places have uh, different conventions and even in your own state in North Carolina 
or close closer to where you are, you could find smaller venues that you can go to a convention. Yes. Kentucky has three or four. There's a YM and there's um, they're everywhere. Yes. Um, one of the best ones I went to was in um, Ohio. Okay. It was the Irma Bombeck comedy uh, humor writing, um, and I was in awe the whole time. Uh, they have a limited number that they accept. They only do it every other year. Yes. And uh, you have the day. The tickets become available. They're sold out almost instantly. How so nice. It's really hard to get into. And I got there once. I haven't been able to get there again because I haven't been able to work out the time and the money. And yes. The timing to get the ticket all at the right No, time. you have to get it all planned out. I, I, I yeah. can totally understand. Uh, you, have to, you have to be there waiting on your computer because when it clicks on that they're available, you have to. Yes. Oh, I I understand. The fact that I got in once will help me be accepted again. I can work everything out. So, but that one, I mean, I got to um, meet with uh, publishers one on one and give a pitch. I didn't have any idea what I was doing, and it showed big time. But it was a great learning lesson. Yes. They were very kind and very nice, and they gave me pointers. How to do a pitch better in the future, which was totally worthwhile. Yes. So I'm kind of glad I made a fool of myself and just jumped in. And oh, you're fine. You were improvising. You were improvising. <laughs> yeah, I learned something, you know. Yeah. And uh, that particular conference was just absolutely amazing because it was full of um, comedy writers from all over. And so we had a lot of TV. Um, show comedy writers there and uh, we had David Letterman's uh, writers and several of the popular sitcoms and I just felt like I mean you know I was starstruck is all I mean. oh <laughs> I can imagine I, I bet everybody I met with somebody important I kept thinking and, and I knew I was so lucky but um, I met a lady from Hawaii that um, absolutely a marketing uh, I got to talk to her for hours, and I just kept picking her brain and asking questions. And, but that's um, how you learn. That's how you get stuff done. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And then that, there's a um, Christian writers group that meets in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, uh, once a year that is outstanding. Um, anybody that... Um, is a Christian and uh, writes anything of any any genre at all would absolutely love that one. And that one is fairly reasonable. I can't remember exactly what it costs, but I'm gonna say you know like maybe a couple hundred dollars or something, and then mm-hmm. you gotta get a hotel room, of course, and everything. But they, it's uh, I think it was. Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. I can't remember. But anyway, it, it's basically a weekend. Um, and they have, um, you know, publishers and agents and, and um, all kinds of editors. And, that's all, um, that's amazing. Everything. And, and I met people there from uh, Focus on the Family and um, uh, Upwards, uh, which is a little uh, Christian um Oh, I forgot the 
magazine. Um, there, there were several. Mm -hmm. There were several magazine publishers there, and they all gave step and step instructions on how to send. Like if you just have, um, you know, some little devotional, or you have uh, just some little essay or something, you know, um, or if you had uh, possibly, you know, Sunday school literature that you wanted yes. to promote or whatever, they had. They gave you handouts and instructions. That's amazing. Phone numbers and it's like, oh my gosh, there was something there for everybody and everything, and they had wonderful, wonderful. That's amazing. Um, that's just uh, yeah. that's just wonderful. It sounds really, really wonderful. But um, I think it's called yeah. ECFW or something like that. But I would suggest anybody uh, looking for that group. Yes. Oh, that's that's great information. Th thank you very much, Sandy, on that. Now, do you have a type of writing routine you follow? Uh, I'm not especially known as being a routine person. Never have been in my life, but. I thought about this a little bit, and my most unproductive time is mornings. Okay. I'm definitely just not a morning person. So I put morning time to doing things like cleaning my house, doing my laundry, stuff I might have. Yeah. And my day is usually lunch, and it was that way all the time I was working all those years. Um, because most people, when I was selling real estate, they were ready to go look at houses when they got off work. So I never got, you know, dinner. So so I had to have a big lunch to get, get by. And so I still kind of do that. I do all my, uh, you know, just other things in the morning, and then I fix me a nice lunch and usually watch TV while I'm eating lunch. And then sometimes there's general hospital. but you know, Yes, uh, I know. We have that same thing, routine. That's what we – that's another thing yeah. in common we have, general hospital. <laughs> And then uh, whenever I'm done with that, then that's when I start work. And I get getting your creative stuff, right? And then I start writing, and um, I just write in, until I don't write anymore. And I typically just lose total track of time. I mean, I write for hours and hours and hours. Um, in fact, I have. It, it sounds awful, but I have been sent to the doctor because of my. I don't get up from writing until I've, I've had to learn how to deal with that. But what I do is I get so involved that I forget to drink. I don't get any water. Um, yeah, you're just sitting and you're just focusing on the writing. And I don't get up and everything. So after going to the doctor multiple times for various problems that I was having, uh, my doctor and I came up with a solution. Uh, about every hour, I set an alarm, and when the alarm goes off, I writing, I get up and I walk around, I either walk around, yes. you know, or, or keep a water, uh, bottle of water near you, kind of like when I do yeah. my exercises, yeah. and I keep it right by you. Yeah. And then, but after I walk, then I always, uh, if I need, you know, fresh water or get something else to drink, or yes. something else to eat, and, and I always go to the restroom, and then, you know, then I can set back down, reset my alarm, and go off, and that has cured it because I was having, you know, well, when you sit in the same position for hours, I mean, your legs get stiff and, and you know, you're just you're in bad shape, you know. So uh, that that has really helped and that's kept me going. And, uh, and, and my biggest thing to work with is balance because I, I kind of get crazy focused and I have to remember yes. my life. 
they balance. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. No, that that's a good routine to follow. Now, what is something to, that we don't know about you? Um, well, I kind of already mentioned it a little bit, but, but I think it's that I search out odd ways to sell my book. I, I, I really like to think outside the box. Um, yes. I try all the traditional stuff that most anybody would think of, and I don't rule any of that out. I, can, I try to do a little bit of everything. Uh, but since this series, particular series, has dealt with rural people, I make it a point to go visit rural people in rural situations. Yes. Um, and I'm a city girl, so Trekking around cornfields is not my thing. <laughs> but you, um, but, but you do it for, for the for the love of research for your books. <laughs> right. I push myself to be uncomfortable because if I find myself pushing through something that's a little uncomfortable, then I, that's that's good. You know, I, mean, I just keep pushing myself to do those sort of things. Um, it, and the nice thing about it is in some of these little places, I have become like a, a rural celebrity. So that, that's been kind of fun. Um, oh, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and uh, it takes a lot of guts in this world that we live in today where um, things aren't as safe as we used to think. But yes. um, in my way of doing that, it's certainly not for everyone. And sometimes the plane doesn't work. <laughs> you know, there's just some days it just is not fun and it's a disaster after another. Uh, but overall, uh, my experiences have been is wonderful. I've met some of the most interesting people in the world. And shockingly, I was expecting, I, I thought going out mm -hmm. in rural areas that most people were going to be uneducated, and I had all of these things I was thinking. And that's not true. I had met some of the most brilliant, educated people out in the middle of nowhere um, doing things that you don't think doctors and <laughs> yeah basically don't judge an area basically uh, there's misconceptions about people that live in different parts basically where you know what you thought was one thing isn't really what it is correct right correct and th that has been very interesting and kind of uh, made me rethink everything and I, you know, I'm sorry um, that's okay um off. That's okay. No, anyway, no problem. Uh, um, that, that's been a fun day. I know this one little city. When I was writing the first book, I just randomly uh, Googled and picked a city in Kentucky that had an extremely low population. And I found this city called Trenton. Okay. Population like 300 and some people. Um, and so I included that in my story. Well, in Trenton, Kentucky, I went to visit and, you know, they were mentioned in the book and everything, so they were thrilled about that. And jokingly, but it's really not much of a joke, it was quite pretty true that most of the 300 people showed up to meet me. Um, but I was amazed. Trenton, Kentucky is full of the most educated people in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them have done other things. They've had retired there, which I'm saying, why? And they said they just had found it kind of randomly. Some of them, and some yeah. people had a few connections there. Yes. But a 
most of them just kind of randomly found it, visited, and had everything that they wanted. And, you know, and, and it's just an amazing little town. Um, and then the neat thing was I discovered quite by accident that literally like over the sheet. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> We're almost wrapping it up in case you have to take that call, so. Just couldn't get it turned off quick enough. That's okay. Anyway, um, I thought I had it off before, but anyway, um, oh, so she, that was no, you were just now. talking um, about Trenton, Trenton, uh, about about the people then, and what it's a very nice little town you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was just really, really surprised. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, I found out by accident. That literally over the hill was where my parents, who are both deceased, had uh, grown up and met each other. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, just like the next little town, which was just like right over this little hill. And so that was fun. And I ended up um, meeting a couple of little old ladies who uh, were still alive. And they walked, I've been told all my life that I had mm -hmm. my daddy's eyes. Oh. And they, they came to meet me. And, they were just, they were like teenagers. They were so sweet. They kept looking at my eyes and said, "Oh my gosh, you have your daddy's eyes. You look just like him." Oh, that that must have been so sweet for you. Oh, it was. And they kept telling me how he was the best looking man in that part of the county, and all the girls wanted him, and all this stuff. And it was so fun. And I thought, well, <laughs> "Oh, I want I, those are the stories I want to hear about my dad, not." <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. That's wonderful. That's just so wonderful. And and today has been so wonderful to talk to you, Sandy Wright Crabtree. You're an amazing, amazing person. And I really always enjoy having you here on, and, and the one-on-one -on -one in the artist realm here with me and the author, Sylvia Stein. We both are indie authors and we, you know, I love to bring on different creative artists here, especially authors. And I wanted to, to just ask you for one last like maybe is there a favorite line or favorite quote maybe a passage in the bible that you feel close to or i know for me it's the the serenity prayer i say it every day because it brings me uh very cal calmness when things get a little tough during the day especially when you're busy is there something that stands out for you that you kind of um, besides prayer of course you pray but is there something that you do every day that maybe you want to share before you go? Well, if I'm having a tough time, I usually think about the Proverbs 31 lady who kind of does everything. Uh, and uh, that whole thing um, always gives me inspiration because, um, you know, I, I think I can do it. You know, <laughs> and my inspiration is not mm. biblical at all, though, uh, mm. lately has been the song, My Church. Um, because it talks about when I get in the car behind the wheel, mm -hmm. it just becomes my church. <laughs> yes. And this song is just, it's got a great beat. And oh, no, it, exactly. There's songs that bring inspiration. I like Mendisa's Overcomer. I don't know if you've listened to it, but um, it's a song I like listening to. Um, before when I had Juwan, uh, I had Plum playing in the background, Great Is Our God. I listen to different songs that bring inspiration. 
and different times you know when you're editing or it could be a classical song it does there's different ways that inspiration comes and uh but i i know that for me the one of the songs that stands out as a big inspiration is mandisa's overcomer if you haven't listened to it it's kind of like carrie underwood's jesus takes the wheel type of song you know where you kind of it bring it, it it talks about people that are that are dealing with a lot and and you're able to go through it um i think mandisa is uh talks about shows i don't know if you know robin roberts and her ordeal with cancer and she shows different people that have gone through different situations in her video and the song talks about god is holding you right now and he's giving you strength so there is no you know don't fret because he's there and you're able to overcome it so that's why I think that song brings a lot in in many ways for it it it, it could be any song but like you said that's why when you said what song you know there's different songs that bring closeness and inspiration and the reason I bring it about is because your books talk about have those type of messages and we look forward to your newer book coming out soon and what can you repeat the title for everyone here comes heartache here comes heartache now uh, where can everyone find you? Um, do you have a website that you like to share with everyone? I do. It's uh, www.everpoor.co. Uh, and my books can be found on Amazon. Uh, and uh, one thing that every author wants is if you do, uh, buy one of my books on there, please give me a review. Reviews. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And like I said, you know, it's been so wonderful to have you, Sandy. Always a pleasure. Uh, I, I'm really glad we got to do the one-on-one. -on -one. Thank you for always being a, a team player and, and, and coming on to my podcast, which is growing. But, you know, you're one of the first people that always, you know, uh, volunteers to come to the show. And I appreciate the one-on-one. -on -one. We got to know more about you today and I really really appreciate it and I hope you have a wonderful uh, rest of your uh, Tuesday and I appreciate you being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being invited. Thank you. No problem. And again this is indie author Sylvia Stein. <clears throat> Excuse me my voice is going within the artist realm and I will leave you now and again thanks so much to Sandry Wright Crabtree our author for today on the one-on-one. -on -one. In the artist realm and also a big shout out to uh, Christopher Barlett who saved us so we could connect today to do the show so I, I call him my uh, kind of producer today uh, for getting us connected to the show so a shout out to him today and thank you so much for sharing your time Sandy Wright Crabtree we appreciate it thank you